0: The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. You are listening to those guys with ships community show, and my name is John Abraham.
1: I am Jimmy Croker.
0: Gleep, Gleep. Ace, that's
1: that's that's your cue.
0: And and, and I'm Ace Azamine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm Muad Gleep uh, for the moment. Uh, <laughs> that's likely to change soon because I, even I'm getting tired of it. So uh, we had we had
1: such a good intro all set up.
0: Hey, I'm always late on my
2: intro, so I'm still in character.
1: (laughs) He's got a point there. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
2: All right. We are Those Guys with Ships. This is episode 48 of our community podcast, and today is October 13th, 2945 Standard Earth Time. Thank you, Ronald Jenkins. Magnetic Moment is still the intro-outro track. It's off of Ronald's 2012 album, Days Away, which can be found along with all of his other fine musics at the www.ronaldjenkes.com. Well, guys, I'm back. Reno, Taos, Iraqis, Desert Planet. Oh, my. Where do I begin?
1: Did, well, um, did, did Aliens, did you find Aliens? Well, I will get to that. I will get to that. He's come back but a stranger first, person.
2: But first, uh, faster than crap airplanes, so close to your snot holes you can smell them, huh? Huh? Mm. A high desert blood red supermoon, so large to your skull, opticals you can oh, smell them.
1: That must have looked great. And damn it,
2: the closest I got to getting abducted and or probed for that matter was rewatching the Star Wars prequel trilogy on my phone. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> All right, I want to know
0: more about that story later. (laughs)
2: Uh, Started off my vacation with a uh, trip to Reno, Reno, Nevada, for the 2015 Reno Air Races. Um, uh, Great, great time. Um, I, you know, if anyone that has an opportunity that's interested in um, motorsports, airplanes, what have you, it was a a great event. uh, the races were themselves were, were fantastic. They have, uh, several different classes. Um, I'm going to post a link to their website in the show notes where you can sort of look up, uh, all of the, the different, uh, planes that were flying and, and, uh, and, uh, what, uh, the setup for the whole thing was, um, uh, uh, Mrs. Gleep and I got pit passes, so we were able to uh, go back in and actually uh, talk to the pilots and uh, the the folks working on the planes and uh, the people. That, everybody there, from the 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 pilots, the the crew members, uh, the the folks selling you hot dogs. Everyone was so friendly. Folks in the stands, you know, were where are you from, you know, is this your first time here, um, you know, do you have any questions about the planes, and, because uh, there, there, we ran into some people that had been going, you know, every year for years and years and years, and, uh, it was just a, um, a really, really good time, um, and, um, I'm gonna post a couple of videos, I'm not gonna, um, uh, uh, bore y'all with, uh, my, uh, OG little boy, uh, experience, but, uh, uh, i'm gonna post a couple of videos one which uh shows the um uh the cockpit view from uh the one of the formula one class planes and it's uh basically you know just six or seven minutes of of this plane going around the course and uh, it's it's pretty amazing it's um it's uh it's kind of like it's Murray cup but in the desert it's Murray cup but drier over um, very
0: very low ground yeah yeah.
2: And um, then also, I will post a link to uh, this this uh, week's um, kind of the the uh, the ultimate or this year, I should say, the ultimate class uh, of planes is called the Unlimited class, and uh, several of those in that class are P fifty one Mustangs, and uh, the highly modified, highly modified. But um, raising Mustangs. I will post a um, a link to the uh, to that race. Um, there's a a, a brief. Uh, A bit at the beginning where uh, they show the planes, uh, you know, the gentlemen start your engines and them uh, beginning to taxi out. Uh, The plane that eventually wins, actually, in that first part, uh, catches on fire, which was kind of exciting. Wow. And um, uh, it was uh, uh, piloted by uh, Robert Hoot. (laughs) That's a great nickname, Hoot. Gibson, who is a, um, uh, and I'll post a link to his Wikipedia page, uh, naval officer, former naval officer, former shuttle astronaut and now after being in this race for more than 20 years I think uh, every year uh, at uh, 68 years young uh, national air race champion uh, it, was, it was just so cool next time you um, feel
0: like you're old and you can't get up in the morning remember what he does for a living
2: oh I mean, he is—he's older than uh, than Jimmy and Janto put together. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and uh, but uh, you know, if you have a second, you know, watch it. I mean, he—the uh, first lap he clocks over if like 503 miles an hour, unbelievable. Wow. Um, and uh, it's uh, you know the, the sounds and the smells. I mean, it's just it was such a good time. Uh, we can hardly wait to go back again next year. So, uh, guys, put it on your calendars. Uh, September 14th through 18th, uh, the old Gleepster is going to be in the desert again. So. It's a, it was a really, really good time. And uh, nice. so, um, you know, got overclock, let's go racing. And speaking of the Endeavor sale, <laughs> <laughs> the famous gleep transitions have emerged. Take a hard right. Thank turn. you. Yes. Science just for the sake of proving nerds are cooler than other people. Yes. Um, uh, I may need a new backstory. <laughs> oh, and don't posi- tell me. Possibly a new name. Did you, did you <laughs> okay. break out the torch? Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah what did you melt? A, <laughs>
1: what, what, what are we star this week? Um, <laughs> he is
0: He is G-type star now. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: He's been, he's been well, studying um, stars. Well, so it's going to be hard to be star G anymore just because I don't have a, a Gemini Starfarer or a Starfarer Gemini anymore. Wait. Oh, oh, the Gemini. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the Gemini, yeah so that that's gone and um and uh you know uh i i have uh i had those um those two starliners you know the um uh the the uh the transport ships you know the mm-hmm. passenger transport ships I, I had two of them you have you one got, now
0: do you have one now
2: i do have one now yeah okay. i didn't sell i didn't half sell them of,
0: both half of his fleet disappeared yeah
2: but you know, but you know, it actually, um, when I purchased both of them, the idea was that I wanted one to make money with, and then I wanted the other one to, um, uh, go racing with, uh, because, um uh uh, that was one of the things in the original description. They said, you know, you can uh, strip out the insides, and I think Ace had mentioned it on the last show that I was on. That um, you know, you can strip out the insides and put a, a few small ships in there and uh, equipment to work on them, and you know, go racing. So trailer queens. Um, you know, and me being uh, sort of a, a non-pew pew pew guy, I mean, that's that's one of the areas of, of the game that interests me. So I, you know, I said, ah, that that's good. That's why I got two of them because I thought at the time that you would need to have a dedicated ship to do these things. I didn't realize that this was in the in the time before the uh, uh, battlefield upgrade kits and uh, the uh, sort of the new modularity, the pods if you will, so um, uh, now that it seems like basically all I have to do is, is get within a thousand light years of a hangar and I can reconfigure my ship you know with two or three clicks, um, uh, there's really no point in having both of those ships so um, I Got myself an endeavor uh, with the uh, the idea that actually for that second endeavor or for that second ship for to go racing in. Are you going to go racing actually, with the Endeavor? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that might be tough. <laughs> that might be tough. Um, Doesn't but, take turns too well. No, no, not not really. Or I don't imagine it will. Uh, but uh, with the uh, the super collider, which uh, I picked up. Oh. Uh, it, it is going to be um, a um, a great uh, tool for overclocking uh, my race ships. Uh, right now, all I have is is the Merlin for race ships. I'm going My plan is to earn the rest uh, in the uh, in the uh, the PU, um, and then also the um, the landing bay. So to be able to transport uh, a couple of ships around. That is perhaps um, the most
0: uh, expensive trailer queen I've ever seen. Yeah. An endeavor. <laughs> Holy cow. But,
1: but I can imagine you going from sector to sector and modifying people's engines and weapons and shields and so on and so forth and making a living off of just doing that too. You, right. He just, just
0: follows you, the race circuit every year. He becomes a fixture yeah, track. Yeah,
1: totally. I mean, you know, because I watch the leaderboards,
2: and I have no illusions. I will, I will be getting blown out in early heats most events. <laughs> I'm anticipating that, so uh, I, I do, uh, I do want to try to, to make some money um, at this profession in the game. So, uh, how I plan to do that is by, um, you know, upgrading folks stuff, and then also I picked up the hospital bay. So, um, I, you know. If you go back to the Murray Cup lore document way back when uh, the description they give of Murray Cup racing is is not is not ungritty um, uh, people there's a, there are a lot of crashes a lot of people come to the events just to see the crashes and when there are crashes and people get hurt people need to respawn and so um, I'm thinking um, at these events having um, having a respawn point uh, is going to be another uh, potential way to make money. And um, speaking of uh, Operation Pitchfork, um, I think having a Hope Class, another Hope Class hospital in the org, because I believe Vendis got one. Vendis um,
0: went full gleep when I, he, he came <laughs> he onto full, the channel. He was, he he was bleep, in yeah. his car uh, <laughs> uh, driving home, and we, I let him know that the sale was happening. He's like, oh, all right, I have to go full gleep on this one. <laughs> and when he came home. He melted pretty much everything and picked up the endeavor.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I th- I think it, it's it's useful to have. I mean, because they're basically like you know, um, Jimmy and I were uh, briefly discussing in the previous show. They're like a sunderer. You know, it, it's a spawn point. It's you know, and you can set it up to allow only your teammates to spawn there. So um, I think anyway, I think it's it's you know going to be a useful thing for us to have in general. Um, I think for Operation Pitchfork, it's going to be very useful, um, uh, just because uh, it's, you know, it's. We're hoping it's going to be a, a, a somewhat involved and protracted battle, so uh, we'll have need to uh, be able to uh, respawn uh, in in that for that event, um, and then uh, also I can I can bring it along uh, to racing events, and uh, you know when the. The odd ship goes flying into the crowd. Uh, you know, I can, uh, I, can, I can bring your family back to life for a small fee.
0: That's grisly sounding. So, I Thank mean, you. To be honest, it, it does sound like what NASCAR has been through the last couple of weeks. There have been some oh, really hezer? nasty crashes lately.
2: Has there? Well, I'm sorry. So, so, so. You're right um, there with, so,
0: with, the, with the medical tent.
2: Oof. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's basically what, yeah, exactly the idea I had is, is you know, you need a medical tent. And, uh, you know, with the, with the 9 to 1 NPC to um, uh, player ratio, I'm, I'm guessing there are going to be respawn facilities there anyway. I just need to, to price undercut them a little bit, you know.
1: Well, the thing is, at the end of the day, it's, it's a fantastic addition to the org, too. I just in general, you know, um, aside from racing, um, which I think they got a, good, I think it got a good business model there, Gleep, I'm just going to say. Um, but um, but just having, you know, a, a mobile spawn point for the, for the organization is going to be incredibly valuable. That, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was definitely... Because
2: um, I, I originally just bought the, the, um, uh, the Super Collider and the landing bay. And then I thought, you know what? Um, I don't have my start G anymore, which I had, um, you know, anticipated using an Operation Pitchfork and being available to help, you know, guys in, in the org... Uh, refuel their ships and so uh, you know I thought you know that well that's kind of a you know you know (laughs) I'll be able to you know in my Starliner I'll be able to give uh, people you know rides but other than that you know I it's you know I'm not going to be as useful as I was before so you know I thought "Um, you know why not I mean I had I had a little bit of money on account so I was able to actually pick up the um, with the melting I was able to pick up the the hospital uh, pod um, and not be out any money. Um, and so, um, I was, uh, so, uh, taken by the, uh, Con presentation, uh, that I had to go buy a Cutlass Red to put in the- I was
0: just about sure to ask the you that. Cutlass Red comes standard with it, though, doesn't it? No,
1: no it doesn't. Oh, no.
0: well, have a match set then.
2: So, I, I got that too. So. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, net-net, I, I came out of it uh, having to pay about 100 bucks. So, you know, haven't, haven't, uh, haven't given
1: them any new money for probably been about six months. So, uh, you know. Well, you are a subscriber, so, I mean, technically. Well, there's that, yeah. Yeah, you know. which, by the way, I don't know if you caught this or not, but uh, John mentioned last week that uh, he is now a subscriber as well. I heard that. Man, I, I did a little fist bump. Yep, yep. So yeah. all, all three of us are subscribers now.
0: Yeah, it's got to get you on are. the bandwagon now.
1: I, t- I told him he had to um, he had to go over to the subscriber store and buy all the flair that he missed out on uh, over the last however many years. <laughs> have Have you guys uh, found your three uh,
2: fifty? Oh no! I we talked about this last night. Ace, uh, they have to patch something before it'll show up. Okay. All right. So anyway, yeah, I got one. I'm pleased as punch about it. I you know I'm very excited. Um, uh, it's. Uh, it's, it's yet another ship in my collection. I'm not going to be able to play probably for another two years. That's oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah well, so I don't that. know,
1: though. Is, is the Endeavor featured in Squadron 42? I don't believe so. I don't no. believe yeah, I, so.
0: Wouldn't, I wouldn't think so either.
1: But
2: um, because I do own a, a couple of big ships, I will have access to a Retaliator. So um, I'll have that. Nice. We'll always have the Retaliator. So. That's, spoon rests lives on in that's kind of cool so anyway um that's uh, that's what happened in my hangar uh, did um, um, and apart from Vendus uh, picking up the hope class are, are we aware of anybody else in the uh, in the group getting one
0: uh not an endeavor but I made a citizen con addition to my hangar we'll discuss later
2: yeah okay I just wanted to, to touch on the endeavor because I mean I know it's one of Ben's favorite ships and um, uh, you know, the last time that I owned a Cutlass Red, <laughs> which was uh, about a year ago, uh, that um, we knew about the Endeavor and we knew that uh, it was going to um, allow us to um, to ferry the Cutlass Red around and uh, you know do paramedic stuff. And so at that time, uh, I was thinking that would be a Jim Dandy way to. Uh, to uh, play the game, so um, I did have my uh, my eye set on on uh, this moment happening, and it arrived, and um, I, uh, I I pulled the trigger vigorously. <laughs> but anyway, so um, uh, do you? I mean, do either of you guys think that this would be something you would work towards in the PU? I, I believe I heard John say on, on the previous. Um, show that he this is a ship that he likes a lot but it just it's not something that he would put cash up for that it would be something he would want to earn in game um, it's
1: no a little I think big for me. it's not it's not a ship that appeals to me um, I, I think that um, I, I as you know I'm very happy with my constellation but I think that the ships that I would be interested in working towards would either be a merchantman, man um, yeah you know like that that type of a ship or um, uh, the the um, uh, what's the uh, the airliner the one the one you just the, the, you melted one of Starliner Starliner thank you um, or potentially a Starliner um, a, a bigger cargo hauler once I have an opportunity to kind of see how the mechanic works um, I still think as far as being a smuggler goes I'm going to want to stay with a, a ship that's not bigger than the Constellation but I don't know yeah. you know um, so those are the ships that I want to work potentially work towards in game um, so but it's still uh, it's still a fantastic ship the Endeavor is still absolutely beautiful
0: Uh, Yeah, I I think it's a great ship but again I'm a combat pilot Uh, the biggest that I go is the Retaliator and I'm happy with that that doesn't mean I I won't pick up other Starfighters but the Retaliator is about as big as I go Uh, I, I don't see much use for me piloting an Endeavor granted I wouldn't mind flying a battleship at some point like sitting in the pilot seat of the Idris or the Javelin or something like that but I would never want to own one that's a lot of responsibility
2: yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of, um, and that's why we discussed in the previous show, uh, the Q&A. I, what, before, before I pulled the trigger, I did a fair amount of fretting, uh, just like wondering, it's like, hey, is this something I can fly on my own? I mean, what the heck happens to this thing when I log off? Do I have to worry about it? Get it stolen every day, you know? Um, so um, yeah, definitely, uh, it's, it's a lot different than having, you know, a, a single seater. You know, it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a, it's a bigger responsibility in game.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and potentially a lot more to manage.
2: Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm counting on the being able to make money with the Starliner, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to make money with the Endeavor. So, and, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, speaking of Citizen Con, boy, howdy! How much fun was that, guys? I know all three of us were uh, in the Mumble's chat to uh, to watch it together on Saturday afternoon, huh? Huh? I've oh, yeah, never was good, seen so many people in Mumble oh. at once. Oh, there was like almost twenty people in there. Um, it was awesome, it was awesome. And, um, but we also, we had uh, uh, members of the org on the ground uh, at, uh, at the event, and uh, that was very, very cool. Uh, Whiskey Cat, I guess he was also in Mumble, I don't know, it must have been on his phone, um, yeah. and was sort of giving us uh, reports uh, leading up to uh, game time, so that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, the, other, uh, the other folks that were there were uh, Umaroth, uh, Tabascoid, uh, Duzo, who I believe is Tabascoid's wife, if I'm not mistaken, um, or a significant other, uh, and Whiskey Cat and Hacksaw was there. Um, and uh, they all, uh, were, uh, were tweeting stuff, and uh, we got a couple of emails, uh, to, uh, read later on about, uh, their, uh, their experiences at the event, but they were, it was very, very cool watching the, uh, the Twitter feed come through as stuff was unfolding there. Um, and, uh, 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 hacksaw was uh, tweeting some uh some stuff of my doppelganger who actually wasn't in, in attendance. They had uh, they had my likeness on a tablet which they uh, they brought with them to the uh, uh to the event sort of like uh at the uh the first Sacramento meetup where Avi brought me uh in his uh, pants pocket. Which was you kind of <laughs> you were everywhere at Citizen Con. You were passed out drunk. I I was I was I was, uh, I was I was well you know I was well behaved at the beginning you know patiently waiting for the uh, the thing to start and then uh, apparently I I ended up toes up on the uh, on the pub floor after it was over but uh, um and that those were both really really cool and I and I I, I thank the guys a lot I mean that that really made my day uh but what really made my day was when uh Hacksaw uh I was able to uh, get a selfie video with Sandy Gartner and she said she loves Gleep.
1: Aww. <laughs> oh, that was so
2: she, that was, that was, I, I showed that to Mrs. Gleep and she said, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> and when I explained who it was, she said, Oh, that's really sweet. So it, it, it really was and And thank you guys. Uh, um, all you guys at Hacksaw in particular, thank you very much for that. It was a, uh, it was, very, it was a very cool way for me to experience the event, um, you know, and uh, uh, hopefully I, uh, if they uh, ever come back to, um, uh, to the stateside, um, I will be able to return the favor. So, um, um, and uh, sort of as a side note, uh, I mentioned on the earlier show, I had listened to the um, recent INN interview with Ben Lesnick and uh, the topic of that came up and Ben said if he has anything to say about it, it will be returning to Santa Monica sometime soon, so. Nice. Take that, cool. take that for what it's worth.
1: I, I would be very excited. I will absolutely be there. I went to the one two years ago, so I would love for it to come back to California. Yeah, that would be. That
0: I would, would be love great. to be able to come to that when it comes back to the states. Yeah.
1: All right, we'll all
2: fly down to my Starliner.
0: Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
2: Um, so um, anyway, as we said back here in the colonies, we uh, we had uh, it was you know sort of fluctuating between fifteen and twenty people in Mumble. And uh, we were all watching the show and commenting on what was happening. And uh, can you say community? 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 I knew that you could. That was Mr. That was Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Television show for kids, uh, public broadcasting okay. system. Okay, I remember okay. Mr. Boys Rogers. and girls. Oh. <laughs> well, hold on while I put my, sl- my sweater on the hook. No, I it was know, on right? a peg, wasn't it? And he always... Take his sweater off and put Take it on the Take his uh-huh. shoes
0: off, put his sweater on the peg. Hello, That's boys right. and girls. Mr. Rogers.
2: <laughs> you know what? Back, back when I was a kid, there was no way that that was as creepy as it is now. It is a little bit creepy now. It is creepy now. it seemed now. very so wholesome sad. at the time. That's so sad. All kids, it was,
1: all kids stuff before, like, 1992 was just a little creepy. God. And it gets progressively creepier as you go further and further back in time yeah yeah
2: well anyway so that was uh that was very cool i mean it was very cool to have um have uh, folks from the group there um so um, i'll say it again thank you very much for for reaching out and sharing your experience with us and we'll get to those emails a little bit later on but um you know just kind of in general guys what what is your sense of how the community has felt about or does feel about um, this event? I mean, I I posited the question to uh, to uh, uh, some folks in chat. I said, you know, do you, do you think this was a home run or do you think it was a grand slam? And um, um, I personally think it was a home run. I think that if uh, if they had also released uh, new playable content, I mean, apart from the uh, from the uh, the star map, then it would have been a, a grand slam. If you know, if they had just you know. If you know Chris had started to walk off stage and then turned around and reached into his back pocket and said, "And Star Marine," then that would have been a grand slam. But you know that wasn't going to happen. So, um, but I think that uh, it was um, it was a very a very strong <laughs> a very strong home run. Um, it was it was a, an upper decker. <laughs> we'll call it that. Very um, strong showing. Yes, a very strong showing.
1: Um, uh, so. Uh, what do you guys think? I would agree with that sentiment. Um, I, I would like to see some content um, come out. Um, I understand the situation that they're in, uh, you know, expanded scope, uh, challenges, uh, overcoming hurdles, you know, pushing the end, the, the boundaries. Um, but I would like to see some content come out. Um, and I was hoping that we'd see something come out for CitizenCon. The, um, the uh, arc the star map is very cool and I'm really enjoying that and that will absolutely keep me distracted until uh, hopefully 2.0 comes out Um, I would like to see 2.0 come out in November Um, I'd prefer that as opposed to the end of the year and I know that we're kind of splitting hairs I know that's the difference of like between 4 and 6 weeks but I'd like to see that come out sooner rather than later um, just so that we have some, some large world map content to start digging into
0: my yeah. personal feeling um, is a very strong showing. I, I enjoyed the presentation. Felt like this one was smoother and more. It went better than the previous years' po- uh, presentations have. I think they're, well, they're they well, they aren't spending our money
2: on overproducing these things. No, you know, which I, I suppose you can you can look at like, hey, we gave you a bunch of money. Why don't you produce this thing better? No, right. no, no, no. Or, hey, you know, I'm glad you're not spending the money I gave you on overproducing this thing.
0: Um, well, but on the other hand, I think they have, uh, certainly Chris has learned to let the presentation speak for itself to some degree, mm-hmm. um, instead of micromanaging, um, as he did at Gamescom a little bit. Um, the and, and and certainly I think he's realized that oftentimes what the highlight that we're all there for is seeing the content speak for itself. Um, so... yeah. The I mean the the content that we did see was nothing short of amazing. Seeing the large world map, seeing that amazing trailer, and the first like ten minutes of Squadron Forty Two were sort of the highlights for everybody. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it was really neat to see all that and to to get an an idea it's, um, the, of where it, things have it, come.
1: It, yeah, it was. There was a lot. Um, there was a lot more to this presentation than previous presentations, but it was very subtle. Um, I think that the um, the 2.0, uh, the Exoverse, um, that presentation was very telling because we got to see, um, even though they weren't highlighted, we got to see a lot of the actual mechanics and actual gameplay that we will see in the eventual finished game. And I think it's really kind of the first time that we're seeing that um, things like uh, the overhead text in uh, the Squadron Forty Two presentation was the first time I'd seen anything like that when he was uh, talking to I think uh, Morrow um, just before they started the tour. Well, mm-hmm. and, and um, they
0: don't even they don't even like when that happens in the game. If that had been a Bethesda game or a Bioware game, like hey look, new conversation system, interact with your people. Right. In the in the Morrow tour, they just like. It pops up, he responds, move on, right on Yeah,
1: they, they glanced right over that. Um, they glanced over uh, the mission system for 2.0. They glanced over um, the uh, the docking mechanic on the space station for 2.0. Um, a lot of stuff that they kind of glossed over that, if you really pay attention, shows you what we can start to expect in, in a fully formed game. Right. And um, I like the ideas, I like the concepts. And I liked what I saw in that 2.0 presentation. I'm very excited for that.
0: I will say this. The sneaker hit for me from CitizenCon was definitely the, the ARC map. When they debuted it at CitizenCon, it, like, it was like, oh, well, that's neat. It's a website-based map. Whatever. Okay, what's next? Um, but um, after the presentation was done, I, you know, we had, like, uh, that, that night, we had, like, eight or nine people uh, pouring over the map looking at where things were relative to each other, what kind of jump points were there, sort of theory crafting about what the systems were going to be like and what the, the, the sort of state of the geopolitical system. I mean, that map, seeing where the jump points are and where the dangerous zones are, and in particular seeing how close Vandal territory is to Seoul oh, yeah. was something that was really, really neat to, to see and sort of set everybody's imaginations on fire.
2: Well, well, you know, it's, it's not just functional, it's playable.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, I was telling Gleep in the previous show, um, I, I immediately started using it for, um, for my radio show, for Quantum Drive. Um, I, and for the show this week, I kind of started looking at the jump points in relation to the Assault on Vega. Um, and uh, it was, yeah, I, I, I am going to use it. It's going to be a great storytelling device for me, and I'm really excited about it. There's,
0: there's a lot of discussion about um, where the Vandal territory is and, and sort of – because if, if – if from from the time point that that the UEE is based around, uh, it's sort of like the fall of the Roman Empire. and in the fall of the Roman Empire, Rome gets sacked. So there is this, this thought yeah. that at some point in the campaign, Earth is going to get attacked. And yeah. it's I- like – you look at those jump points, and there's like, maybe one or two points. All you need to find is one or two new large jump points, and bam, crisis.
1: Yep, exactly. And I think that uh, that is absolutely something we'll see long-term. Um, you know, I think, And we talked about that um, uh, in Mumble, that I think two, three years down the road, um, when they're starting to release brand-new content or to, to add dynamics to the universe, I think that we will see uh, Earth get sacked yeah
2: yeah and it's and we were also in in mumbo last night at our, our Sunday meetup we were talking a bit about uh, the the game masters and uh, the folks that they are going to employ to actually run the NPC organizations and uh, players probably not on, on a micro level like they're going to uh, say okay well we want NPC Bob to go over here and buy you know some uh, some ammunition and a pair of boots, but you know it's going to be you know this organization is going to go to war with this organization, and uh, this organization is going to perhaps form an alliance with this other organization, except for NPC Bob, who is actually um, a spy within his organization, uh, reporting back to the other organization. So uh, that they're going to have that there. They essentially they're going to have like these you know gods at, on Olympus, you know, sort of looking down on us, um, uh, you know, sort of programming, or not really programming, but, but running the game that we're all going to be playing in, in the way that a, a dungeon master runs a, 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 um, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, I think is going to be pretty cool and allow them to, instead of scripting out those scenarios you were just describing now for implementation two years from now, they will instead be able to look at the environment as it's developed to that point and then implement, you know, you know they, they point down from the cloud and they say chaos and then chaos. <laughs> chaos chaos
1: rains down upon us.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, uh, infidelity. I well, It's rated T for teen, so I guess oh not infidelity, but um, you know what I mean. So it's, I, think, um, I think that that part of it is, is very exciting as well, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, th- there's so much potential in what we saw. Um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm very excited for the actual releases, and you know, hopefully, we're gonna get. You know, I- I'm gonna say that we'll have the baby PU, the Exoverse by by end of year, uh, and then we'll probably see a year's worth of development for that. Um, just guessing, we'll probably see Squadron Forty Two be released mid-year 2016, and we'll probably see the full. Star Citizen Universe um, online uh, complete by I would say the end of 2016 beginning of 2017
2: which is will be the beginning of the fifth year which yeah. for a AAA title um, which, which for right a right AAA title that is not pushing the envelope would be reasonable right for a AAA title that is you know you know exploding the envelope um, that's a significant accomplishment yeah absolutely Yeah. So Ace, what did you, uh, um, if we can step back just a little bit, what did you think about Sandy's uh, uh, speech at the beginning of the presentation?
0: It was interesting to hear. Um, Having followed all of the um, drama, for lack of a better term, with some of the doubters and and naysayers and some of the nasty stuff that she has been through, I can understand her being emotional. Yeah. uh, mm-hmm. She makes an oblique reference to a uh, uh, anonymous hate campaign. Um, people, that, her information, her and Chris's information, got doxed. And for those who don't know, doxing is a practice where you post public, publicly, personal address information. It's a terrifying thing. Oh yeah, it is all absolutely sorts of a really terrifying nasty thing. Stuff. Um, so. Uh, mm. So, so, Asar,
2: I, I think you're, you're cutting out. Um, are am I a, any better? Y- mm. Is my headset not yeah, working? Um, hmm. I'm not really sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, we but are uh, experiencing t- technical difficulties. Technical, Please yeah. stand by. Can uh, just you,
2: be aware that you have been for the last few minutes cutting out. So, um, uh, Can
0: you hear me any better?
1: No, that was not better. <laughs> that was not better, no. Huh. Um, um, but... Um, well, as I say just following up on, on what Ace is saying, I think that you're absolutely right. It's it's terrifying to be doxxed. It's terrifying to have your information be made public. To some extent, it's fairly easy to find. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of our information is is already out there on the internet. But to have somebody maliciously go find it and go, "Hey, here's XYZ's information," um, is just it's terrifying. And it's it's you know to to have to suffer through that. To have to suffer through. You know the 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 verbal uh, abuse uh, that's been thrown her way. It's just it's easy to see how she could be emotional. um, You know, when when standing up there giving that speech at um, the biggest event of the year for the game that she's worked so hard to help bring to life. Any better? Much better. Ah, Much better.
0: There we go. Okay. Um. Uh. To peel back the curtain, audacity is recording off of my snowball but Mumble was not set to it. So we'll have to ah. perfectly clear audio on the podcast. So, Well,
1: yeah, now that's going to be fun to mix because now I've got two completely different sounding audio tracks.
0: Well, um, I apologize. No, no it's no, I all think, right.
1: We'll I think, figure it out. I think the
2: Audacity is is actually picking up just the the snowball. It was yeah. the Mumble. Yeah, the Mumble just, that was the issue. So you, exactly. won't, you won't get that on the track. So In any yeah, case. speaking of peeling back the curtain... It's Tech Talk with those guys with ships.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> tech Talk with those guys with ships. Oh huh? man, are we on
2: the, I, I'm not on very
1: the technical network now. I'm scared.
0: <laughs> do, we need, do I need to call Steve Gibson, Leo Laporte,
2: get some uh, some tech nerds in here? I love Leo Laporte. I love He 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 was the guy that had the um, had the bizarre uh, quirky keyboard, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah.
2: Him. Yeah, he used to be on uh, when I was when I was a wee lad in the San Francisco Bay Area, he was on um, a radio station in San Francisco. He used to love listening to his he, show.
0: Yeah, uh, he records a computer security podcast with Steve Gibson called Security Now. Oh, so excellent! I listen to them every week.
2: All right. Well, thank you for that little trip down uh, nostalgia lane. That was great. Um, so, okay, back to the community and what we saw. So, what are what are you guys thinking about what we saw in? Um, uh, the two demo, uh, the Crusader demo, and how how are we going to how are we going to play that as as a group? I mean, are do you Ace as our squadron commander? Did you um, did you see anything that you like? Oh, that gives me an idea for an exercise to run the guys through. Oh, or definitely, Jimmy did, Jimmy. did you see something that you thought like you know, hey, that you know looks like a, a place where I can go. Test out my ghost's uh, security um, uh, systems or uh, stealth systems.
1: Yeah, I think um, for I, obviously, I think there's a lot more in it for um, for Ace as our uh, as our flight commander, but for me, it's more about um, exploring. You know, as it, it, with the profession that I want to, I'm choosing, which is to be a smuggler, I really need to know every nook and cranny of the systems that, that I spend the most time in. So it's a good exercise for me to start exploring the systems, to start really familiarizing myself with like all the ins and outs and, and ways to move around quickly. So, and then also, yeah, with my ghost, really kind of experimenting with, with being hidden and being invisible. Um, so in that respect, I'm very excited. But then I'm also excited for what I'm sure Ace has planned for us because I do want to be a better pilot in general.
0: Oh, man. that There's so many things. The couple, the, there are a couple things that I do want to find out. Uh, firstly, how they set up who is a pirate and who is a Marine. Because oh. they had two teams wearing different uniforms, um, four pirates and four Marines. Um so I'm very curious how that system works out and and depending upon how that system works out, there are a bunch of really neat things we can do. I would love to uh I guess for lack of a term, game master some ambushes where I can have like have two teams and have pirates waiting at a way station and then have a squad move into that way station or, or like a squadron move into that way station and have to turn on the relay while on the lookout for 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 uh, targets. I mean, it's it's about as close to real combat experience in the PU as we're gonna get. So I am incredibly excited about seeing this thing happen. Um, doing combat ops, repair, uh, flying in groups and formations, keeping things you know, escorting ships to and from points. I mean, a lot of this stuff is gonna be emergent gameplay that'll be fantastic for teaching combat scenarios. So I am very excited for this.
2: How cool would it be if you were able to, when you launch, you know, you set up a lobby and you invite uh, the folks that you're uh, going to uh, do this exercise with. and But how, how cool would it be if you could launch your own is- instance?
0: Oh, I, I and I wonder about how they're going to do that because I feel like that's sort of like what it's going to be. Unless they're going to have one instance for everybody. That seems like it would be...
1: Madhouse. No, I, I'm I'm gonna say they're probably gonna do it the way that they're doing uh, the social module. Where um, but hopefully they'll improve upon it. like right now it's very random you know um, you, you log in to whatever whatever uh, instance every you know you're, you're grouped into and it's very kind of hit or miss. Yeah sometimes um, you
0: get somebody from TGWS sometimes you may not see anybody even if you on right. at the same time.
1: Right. And I think that uh, I think at least at the initial release it'll probably be similar, but I'm hoping that they'll allow for us maybe to group up. And then you know, like group up beforehand, and then go into an instance together as a group.
0: Right. So then, so, then you then you you call up your large scale ship, and you instead of figuring out who's whose crew while in the lobby, you do that once you're already in game.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, I think that would be because instances are cheap, right? I mean, they they just spool up another server over it at the Google farm, right? And yeah. Uh,
1: and there's going to, there's obviously going to be a cap. I mean, it's a huge world map. So I would imagine the cap's going to be pretty large, but there's obviously going to be a cap.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I haven't heard it. it just, it was a thought that occurred to me. I said, you know, from what we saw, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, us getting eight or 10 people into, um, into a, a a party together, and then how cool would it be if we could uh, go to that place where they did the FPS battle, and, and know that you had that all to yourself? Because then, you know, Ace could call people over, you know, to the to the center and say, "Okay, you guys, you're gonna go here. You guys, you're gonna go there." And then, um, of course, we'll be able to coordinate through Mumble, um, you know, like "Ready, set, go," or or what have you. But just, anyway, I'm just brainstorming, thinking. Oh, I agree. I uh, think
0: it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle death. Like, if I kill you, because when they, when the, when the, in the the demo, when the uh, uh, pirates trounced the Marines, you never got an idea what happened to the Marines after they died, where they went.
1: Well, they'll be, they, they've been talking yeah. about that, uh, talking about that in Around the Verse and Reverse the Verse that they are currently, uh, well, the, for a social module, we're going to have spawn points. And I, I think that's going to translate into, um, you know, 2.0 as well. There'll be spawn points where they are and, you know how they affect. Uh, you know the distance from you know where you were killed is completely up for debate, but we'll see spawn points, um, and and there won't be any death mechanic at this point either. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Very yeah, so, interesting.
1: So
2: I mean, essentially, at this point, it's Arena Commander. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's On the a persistent.
1: Scale. It's the persistent. Uh, the, it's the PU version of Arena Commander.
2: It's uh, Ar- Arena.
1: I do universe. sort
0: of feel like it. This is like their their system is that they're they've got like a series of concentric circles. Like start with arena commander, build out larger, build out larger, build out larger. Like that's their method that they're going with at the moment, and they're slowly bringing everything together as they move as the as the circles get larger and larger.
1: Well, I think they're they're at a point now where they can where they can launch the sandbox version of the persistent universe and start iterating in there. Um, you know, and then keeping. Arena Commander, and uh, um, Star Marine as their own individual, you know, bits. Right. Right, right. So, I mean,
2: essentially, uh, 2.0 is going to fulfill all the functionality of uh, Star Marine, perhaps not have as many game modes. It'll, it will it looks like uh, if if what we're going to get in the first iteration is what we saw, that there's just going to be the, the control point uh, mode. Um but then uh, after that, then we'll get it in the, uh, in the actual <clears throat> uh, simulator uh, in the sim pod like we used to, uh, like we get, uh, p- you know, get the Arena Commander now.
1: Yeah. Does that make makes any sense. sense? No, that makes total sense. <laughs> uh, the thing is, uh, Arena, Arena Commander and Star Marine are, are supposed to be, when the game is live, that is supposed to be the place where you learn your tactics, so that you're not right. um, spending lives. So that's that's always going to be developed. That's always going to be there, and I'm, I'm sure they'll have, um, you know, module or, or expansions to that game within a game as well. So I think you know, really, it's still it's still two separate things. You've still got your arena commander and Star Marine development, but now we've now we're really going to see the development of the persistent universe. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and how cool that we're going to have flight combat, we're going, we're going to have just, just flying around, we're going to have flight combat, uh, we're going to have, you know, a little bit of exploration, I mean, you, you can go and explore uh, the, the satellite arrays, that sort of thing, I, um, wasn't there some sort of mention of like, uh, um, unidentified signals to go investigate? Something yeah, yeah. Like the, that. Well, th- yeah.
1: that's all part of the mission system that they've talked yeah. about. So, yeah, it's
0: a, it's a generated mission system that will give you a mission that you can follow.
2: So, I mean, that's. I mean, it's just my point being is that this is significantly richer than what we have in Arena Commander, um, or you know, even with Star Marine as we imagine it will be on top of it. I mean, it's it's all in one thing, you know, and it's a, it's a much a much expanded a greatly expanded uh, variety
1: of things that you can do well if you look at it like this um, uh, Arena Commander um, is the only module we have currently Social uh, Arena Commander um, is, is the only playable mod that we have Social is really just more of a, a kind of a place for us to all kind of meet and hang out um, Star Star Marine and Arena Commander are games within a game to date really social module is the only thing that we've seen that is star citizen if you Mm -hmm. think about it um you know we've got arena commander and we're going to have star marine for the game within a game but to date we haven't really had an opportunity to see or play star citizen proper right and 2.0 is the birth of star citizen proper yeah Yeah,
2: that's. I mean, because and I think that you know, again, depending upon who we get, who we, what kind of control we have over who we instance up with, we can do. We can set up races. We can have races. You know, go. You know, you. You know, go race out and uh, flip on that uh, array and uh, antenna array. Then go over there and do this like a scavenger hunt kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So. Well, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about, I uh, want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Saber, but I uh, want to talk about it first in the context of the CCU system, because uh, I forget who it was that mentioned it in Mumble uh, uh, last night, but uh, uh, an, an important thing to, to check out if this applies to you, or potentially important, um, is... Uh, that all of the military ships that went on sale, including uh, the the Saber, uh, are coming with uh, three years of insurance. So, I, and I know we've gone over and over and over about how LTI is not a big deal, and it's not. And we're not saying that you know three three years of insurance is a major big deal relative to six months of insurance if that's what you have on your ship but you know what as long as you can why not you know sure. so
0: mentioning that the Sabre itself is
2: LTI. That, that, that's a good point too so um, what I, I, after this person mentioned this I went out and um, um, I had um, a Gladius which um, I had purchased for uh, the Org Hanger um, and uh, it had six months of insurance on it so I immediately melted that and then use the money to purchase another Gladius. And so now my org Hanger Gladius has three years of insurance on it, which, you know, I mean, it's not going to be a ship I'm going to be paying a whole lot of attention to. Um, you know, I got it for, for other folks that, you know, don't have access to um, um, uh, some of the more uh, uh, able ships uh, to, to be able to, uh, you know, participate a little bit more fully. Um, but it's nice knowing that I'm not going to have to worry about the insurance on it for three years. Um, uh, and, uh, then also, um, I, uh, as I mentioned, I, I, um, I wanted to get the Cutlass Red to go with my, uh, my Hope Class Endeavor. And so, uh, what I did was I went ahead and I bought another Gladius, uh, for, uh, the 90 bucks and then CCU'd it up to the, uh, Cutlass Red for an additional thirty, and that uh, allowed me to get three years of insurance on my Cutlass. Oh, nice! nice. Yeah, so um, so that's I mean, like I say, it's not you know it's not a you know do this or you know the game is broken for you, but you know if it's
0: question, yeah. When you CCU up to a particular package, does that mean that that package and its and its insurance comes along with whatever you purchase? Because here's what I so. uh uh, i picked up the uh saber Mm -hmm. um but the way i went about it is i already had a gladius so i just cc you the gladius straight up to the saber okay um and but my gladius was a package it's an actual game package so did you keep your package follow that or does that or does, does my saber now just have six months of insurance
2: um. Oh, did you go ahead and you you didn't um uh activate Melt. the activate no, the activate the upgrade yet? Did you? What do you mean? Well, you purchased the upgrade, but you didn't activate it because when you activate it, the uh, the uh, gladius will go away.
0: Well, where do you go to up? Uh, where do
2: you go to activate it? If you go into your hangar, it will show the upgrade, and there's like a button that says activate it, and then you have to enter your password again.
0: Oh, interesting. And then, and then it becomes permanent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you probably don't, you probably don't want to do that until the, um, until the, uh, saber the becomes is active. Yeah. yeah. But it does take, you know, so whatever is in your package, um, mm-hmm. or whatever is in the ship that you're upgrading, that's what you bring along with. So that's why I bought the, the, the Gladius because it comes with six months of insurance. And so then I get a cutlass with six months of insurance. Um, um, and, uh, I don't, you know, as far as like the hanger, if, uh, because the Cutlass comes with a bigger hanger than the Gladius right. does, um, I don't know if it would transfer, if you could transfer yourself into a hanger that your ship would fit. Well, right. that, any ship will fit in any hanger, so that's not really actually I'm uh, just, a concern. I'm
0: just, I may write customer service and just find out, like, so I, I CCU'd up to the Sabre, do I keep my LTI or not? Just find out what they say.
2: Um, you're, Oh, 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 oh. Does the... Um, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, you might yeah. want to check that out. Um, yeah. Because um, because you may be better off melting both of those things and just, well, if you see, but then you then you don't have use of your Gladius until the Saber becomes available. Wow. Mm-hmm. You, you have a bit of a conundrum, my friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. In the wow.
0: meantime, I'll enjoy the fantastic artwork, though, so...
2: Yes, well, tell us a little bit what you think about that ship, you know, what you, um, you know, how you uh, envision us using it in 2.0, because I'm guessing probably 2.0, hopefully, will be out before uh, that ship is ready to yes. fly. Yes,
0: so, so today's in the loop segment is just about the Gladiator, in other words, about the, the Saber, because I figure if we're talking about Citizen Con, we can't get away with not talking about this, and because it's a fighter, it fits in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I did I did CCU at uh, CCU the uh, Gladius up to the Saber because I felt like the the Saber f- filled my combat style better. I love the Super Hornet and I love that it's tanky, um, but I don't use the gimbals very much because I fly with the joystick. Um, but the Gladius feels very lightly armed by comparison. It's a very nimble ship and I like it a lot. But the problem is is that um, since I fly with my gimbals locked. Um, I can't take advantage of those that gimbling system, so I've only got three guns to work with, and mm. and those guns don't usually don't hit all that hard. Um, uh, if you if you're trying to really you know keep a bead on someone, um, and I would like it to have a little bit more extra oomph. So when they released the saber, I was like, well, there's the perfect compromise. It's a little bit more beefy. At uh, a little bit heavier armament, and the ship looks like those guns are all fixed i mean they 've got mm-hmm. they 've got two um cheek and jowl guns, but those look like they, they don 't look like they 're gonna uh gimbal left or right very much, maybe a little bit up and down um and then they 've got those two recessed guns set right next to the engine nacelles, cells, and those aren 't going anywhere um so I thought this is a perfect ship for my style. It's a single seater like the Gladius. Um, it's only a little bit longer in terms of length. Uh, there's a fantastic uh, Star Citizen island. They already pulled the asset out of the the, the uh, 3D viewer and uh-huh. put it up next to it. And it looks it looks sort of like if a if a Super Hornet and a Gladius got together, this would be the offspring. Uh, it's got it's got the double perfect. engines. It's got the double engines of the uh, Gladius, but it's got that that extra heavy hull shape and design that the Super Hornet has.
2: Oh, Um, he's got his mother's eyes. Exactly.
0: Um, It is worth noting also that I'm a huge Top Gun fan, so anything that has a swing wing immediately gets a pass on me. Uh, It's part of the reason why I also have a Vanguard, because, again, it's got the swing wing. I was like, oh, that's pretty. I like that um so i'm a big you know, that, fan that, that, that's the that's interesting
2: you don't i haven't heard a whole lot of comparisons to the vanguard one you know uh like just the look of it it is very similar to the vanguard isn't it's it? a
0: miniature it feels like a miniature vanguard and it looks a little bit like it like if you look at the body and the shape of the design especially if you look at them the the art assets there's a couple of videos out there you can find of, of people who have taken the art asset and put them side by side it mm-hmm. looks like a miniature vanguard it looks like they took the vanguard concept miniaturized and lightened it a little bit and said, hey, look, we made a thing.
2: Oh, dude, we, we, need, we need to get somebody with a Vanguard and then like three or four guys with, uh, with sabers and then like have them fly like really slowly and like play the elephant wonk song.
0: The lore behind this thing is that it was designed as a um, uh, a competition with the F8 Lightning. For the UEE's next-generation navy brawler, really? Um, yeah. So, sort of, in sort of the same way that the uh, F twenty-two and the uh, the you know the YF twenty-one, the F nineteen programs that were famous, uh, the famously were the the precursors to the F 22s birth. This is sort of that same story. You have two fighters, different aesthetic, different design, competing for the same program. Obviously, we know the outcome because the F eight Lightning is already an in game asset, and it sounds like that's the one that the UE went with. But uh, Aegeus put out a select run of these heavy fighters to civilian class to drum up support and interest. So, and this is pretty heavily armed four four at least. What looks like four size two guns, and then um, in the art asset, it looks like at least six inbound or uh, inboard uh, missiles in uh, in pop out wings so
2: hmm.
0: i'm very yeah. curious to see how, how it handles i, I really want to see what it, how it stacks up against all the other fighters i'm a little odd as to where it sits in the rest of the group because it does sort of feel like uh having your cake and eating it too like for so, for so long we've had like either you you're either nimble or you are heavily armed and this sort of takes like it's taking the cake
2: well, you know, it's kind of like the Vanguard everyone was saying how sexy the Vanguard is. The mm-hmm. the Saber to me looks just kind of cute.
0: It does a little bit, yeah. If you it's like, if you can consider a heavily armed no, aggressive it's fighter as cute,
2: yes. <laughs> it's adorbs. Um, <laughs> <I just like. laughs>
0: the last Whoa. thing and I wanted to ask you guys what you guys thought about this is why now? Like I obviously the answer you know, the, the obvious answer is to make money cuz they need funding. But at the same time it doesn't feel it feels like the fighter does sort of feel like what it what purpose does it serve in the greater scheme of things?
1: It it might be a ship that we're going to see in Squadron Forty Two. Um, f- you know, I, who who knows? Maybe it might be something that uh, that we fight against. Maybe there's a pirate incursion and they use those ships. You know, and they were just like, well, you know, screw it. It's it's pretty close to being done, so we might as well just put it out there.
0: Yeah, they did say that that this one uh, the release time is truncated because it's it's the first ship built. Upon the fully fleshed out and realized uh, arena commander system, using it, all the assets and systems that, that are already in place.
1: So this may have been their testbed for that, um, and and also it may be a proving ground for how quickly they can turn ships out with that yeah. new system.
0: Well, the and the the previous sort of uh, milestone for that sort of ship process was the Merlin. You may remember, they said the similar things about the Merlin that it right. was one of the first ships built in the pipeline system uh, from the ground up with the arena commander's current system. So
2: well it's the it's the first finished ship. Yeah. It's done. So yeah. Well um yeah, I mean it's I think it's um it's exciting. Um I think you know, I mean you know, maybe it's not I don't think it's you know, and certainly Ace, you know much better than me on this kind of stuff. It doesn't feel redundant but it feels definitely like a tweener.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I mean tweener ships, tweener aircraft, is not a uh, something that's that's all that uncommon. I mean, the F the F fifteen is essentially a tweener ship. Um, the F fifteen is a it's a multi purpose aircraft. It's designed for ground combat and air combat, and excels fantastically at both. Um, so, I mean, it's not. But at the same time, it's not it's not an A ten, and it's not an F twenty two. So. It, it doesn't mm. inhabit the extremes of those two combat styles, but as an all-around purpose fighter, it, it does its job very, very well. So I sort of feel like this may be a similar
2: scenario. I'd be real interested to, see, to listen to uh, ATV this week to see if they talk about how it does. Right. Or they, maybe they'll, they'll wait until the... Um, um, until uh, the sale is over which is not until uh, a week from today so maybe it'll be in, in next week's show but um, I, we were talking about in the um, in the first show how uh, Ben had uh, said I believe I forget which show. was it in ATV where he said that the Endeavor sale had gone much uh, better than they had expected which I think has been the trend in uh, recent concept sales especially for ships that they figured were a bit nichey like they might right. not be it might not be everybody's cup of tea. Like I, I think that the uh, the Starliner was one, and then also and then here the Endeavor that they're they're selling a lot more of them than they expect because they, um, uh, you know, not not everybody only wants to go pew pew in the pu. You know, there right. are folks that that want to do uh, like yours truly that want to do uh you know non combat stuff too. So
0: well, it's doing pretty well. They're at 92400 so they're yeah. almost halfway to 93 already, and it's only been two days.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so
0: something about that ship has is, is caught some attention.
2: All right. Well, let's uh, real briefly just talk about the referral program. Uh, this went live as of Saturday, and uh, basically, if you bring a, a friend to Star Citizen, um, they get 5,000 UEC for um, uh, you know signing up as your friend, and then uh, you get to uh, – um, uh, collect some rewards for the more people that you bring in. And, uh, it's on the website. We won't go through, uh, all of the, um, the particulars here, but I just want to say if, um, uh, if, uh, five of you want to join the game that aren't currently backers, um, and use my, uh, use my referral code, um, I'll get a fish tank. So there's that. Um, and, um, so it's, a, it's a good thing. I think, uh, you know, and I—I I heard some people were complaining about the referral program, complaining that it was, um, um, you know, that it was not, you know, becoming of a game of this stature, and uh, you know, but games like WoW and uh, have had referral programs for like forever. So yeah, every
1: game does it. I—I think, um, I think some of the criticism stems from the fact that the game is still in development, but. When you look at the fact that the game is supported by the backers only, it makes sense that they would launch something like that now as opposed to after the game goes live. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, uh, Jimmy, um, uh, do you want to uh, clue us in about what's going on from around the interverse?
1: Well, we're running very long, uh, which seems to be the theme tonight. So I'm not going to get into too many things from around the internet, except for one in particular. Uh, And that was the uh, role play event that took place on Twitter last week based on the, uh, the Vega attack. Did you guys have a chance to see any of that? No, I, I. But I heard you mentioning it, and it was um, uh, was. It sounded like a lot of fun. So, we all know we 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 as a community just before CitizenCon got pretty beat up. Um, you know, you had a, a pretty scathing article come out. Um, there was a lot of controversy around it. You know, whether it was or whether it wasn't legit, and where was it coming from? And and there seemed to be an inordinate number of people. Um, trolling uh, the Star Citizen community in general. Um, since I spend most of my time in Twitter, that was where I saw most of it. Um, you know, and, and it does wear on you after a while. You know, people saying the game is dead and, and you know, uh, you're all part of a cult and just over and over and over again. And so I think morale, more, m- morale speaking, was kind of low. Uh, and then uh, CIG released the uh, Vandal Attack. Vega post, which I believe they did on what Tuesday or Wednesday, right? Mm hmm. So, um, so they released that post, uh, that night. And the next day, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, it was about a week ago. So, and then the next day, um, one of the, uh, one of the people that, that frequent the Star Citizen hashtag, uh, Twitter, uh, started to, uh, started a role play event. His name is, uh, Kelder on uh, its handle and Twitter. And um, he's part of the uh, Magellanic organization. And so he kind of got this ball rolling on this role play event that, I mean, nobody's ever role played Star Citizen wise. Nobody's ever really role played on Twitter. And and I haven't really seen very many quote unquote role play events. But basically he put a call out for, um, you know, to form up a militia. He called it the Xerxes uh, Xerxes, uh, militia, I guess. He didn't really call it a militia, but he called it Xerxes, a task force called Xerxes. And um, people started to respond to him, And I jumped in under uh, those guys with ships and said we were sending some ships out to help. Uh, ben got involved and was basically like, hang tight. There's, you know, um, reinforcements are on the way. And it was fun. You know, it was fun. It was light. It lasted for about three hours. It didn't get too deep or too crazy. And, you know, people kept responding to to it saying, you know, how can I help? Or I just, I just hit the jump point to Vega. What's going on? Um, and it basically kind of worked its, worked its way through a good two, three hours. And like I said, Ben was involved and then, um, you know, it was a good kind of boost of spirits. Um, you know, there were, like I said, uh, you had, um, uh, Praxis, uh, got involved, uh, Spartan engineering got involved, um, those guys with ships, uh, you know, so it was really cool to see the community kind of pull together and, um, kind of drowned out the negative noise with some a little bit nerdy but that's cool but you know a little bit of fun nerdy role play noise and it was a fun event and um, it, it made me actually completely redo my show uh, the for this coming week for Quantum Drive I was going to actually do a show called Illicit which was going to be all about like the drugs in the game and 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 moving you know between moving product between systems and i just put it on ice and immediately jumped into the whole vega thing especially when cig followed up with the uh, what happened on uh, armis the the assault on armis from you know the van duel and mm-hmm. then all of that rolled into what is basically the catalyst for squadron 42
2: serendipity
1: yeah mm-hmm. like the whole like obviously they knew what they were doing and we didn't but it was really cool to for some community members to to play a small part in the ramp-up to Squadron 42. And um, I was able to kind of outline a, a very loose story and, and put music to it for this week's show, and it was just a lot of fun, and it was really cool, and I think it boosted everybody's spirits. So, Kelder, uh, kudos to you, man. It was the right thing at the right time um, and really helped kind of boost the community spirits and, and get us out of that funk. And
0: uh, It's funny that you mentioned that because... In the ramp up to Mass Effect three, there was a whole RP campaign that went on with the invasion of Earth. Okay. So I like I liked, I'll have to go back and read all the tweets because that because when the Mass Effect three thing went on, I was like, oh, this is really cool to see because it it added a sense of immediacy to what was going on.
1: Yeah, and and. Kelder was really clever in the way that he did it. Um, he didn't jump right into the heart of what CIG had posted. He kind of made his own little B story about just kind of um, protecting the uh, jump points, so that we didn't lose the entire system. The logic being that you know if the Vanduul, uh took control of all the jump points into Vega, that we would lose Vega entirely. Um, and I thought that was very clever, and I really liked the way that he did that. Um, so yeah, it was just it was a really cool event. It was the right thing at the right time, and I think it was really needed to boost our spirits. So kudos, man.
2: Yeah. Now, what was the hashtag again?
1: It was. It wasn't really a hashtag. It was all just in the Star Citizen hashtag.
2: Oh really? Oh okay. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Action. It was. Exactly. It
1: was very impromptu. Um, I don't think there was a whole lot of planning or a whole lot of foresight. I think Kendall just decided to. Uh, or ke- I'm sorry, uh, Kelder, excuse me. I think Kelder just decided that this was a thing to do and it was just, you know, people caught on to it and, and you know, a dozen, half dozen of us just had a good time with it.
0: In his defense, awesome. when the system gets jumped by the vandal, there probably isn't a whole lot of preparation or planning.
1: Exactly. And, yeah. that, and, and yeah. it, that was kind of the way that that whole thing formed mm-hmm. up. Very, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know... There, there, there's so much that's been going on the last week or so that it would be crazy for me to, to dive in much deeper. Um, so as far as Around the universe goes, that was, to me, the shining example of uh, good, fun stuff to come out of the CIG community last week.
2: Cool. Well, we, we've got some other stuff here, which we will talk about on the next show. Um, John from the Depths of the Wilderness uh, managed using uh, Morse code and... Um, uh, a tin can and string. Uh, send us a detailed uh, bit of information to present on the show, and we're gonna wait and do it next time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been. We're we're just so the folks out there in podcast land know. Um, we only went through about half the notes on our first show, and we've only gone through a little less than half the notes on our second show.
0: God yeah. help us when the game finally launches.
1: Well, when the game finally launches, there's not going to be anything to talk about
2: except what we're playing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll be. I think um, th- that when the game finally launches, it's going to be more about um, not necessarily lore, but like you know the things that we're doing in game and, and the events that have happened in game, and um, you know what we've all personally experienced in that particular week's um, you know gaming session. Yeah, yeah. And every time something new comes out, it'll be like a major event. You know? Yeah, because uh, because it's an open world sandbox, you know, anything goes. It's not like it's on rails like Knights of the Old Republic where it's like, well, what did you do? I logged in and leveled, you know, or World of Warcraft, what did you do? I logged in and I leveled. Um, because the game is an open world sandbox, really anything goes. And when you've got, you know, game masters and when you've got 90% NPCs to 10% players, um, the, the mechanic of doing missions is almost secondary to the sandbox nature or the open world nature of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, how about we end up with uh, some new members to our organization and then a couple of emails from uh, our, uh, our friends on the ground over there at the, uh, at the event? Yes and yes. All right, very good. So we would like to welcome to the Those Guys With Ships organization, now 204 members strong, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jeff has joined us. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Offer specific. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> hey Jeff. Uh, Does that mean um, both the
0: Jeffs have joined or just one in particular?
2: Uh, you know, that's a really good question. The, I, I don't the know. best
1: Jeff. <laughs> unless there's oh. another jeff in the guild or i'm sorry another jeff in the org in which case he is one of the best jeffs <laughs>
2: ooh, ooh,
0: follow like me a here. band name
1: maybe it was
2: Django jeff or bobo jeff oh god yeah no. No, that was a that was a reach wasn't it no bit of,
0: yeah bit of a reach
2: <laughs> well, welcome, Jeff. Uh, and he says, realizing your meetups are 9 a.m Monday mornings where I am, I will gladly be another guy with a ship flying the colors when the majority is
1: sleeping. Don't As we a Kickstarter? Well hmm? I, I don't mean to interrupt but don't we have a European group now? We do, Jeff. Yes. Um, check the forums. I think there's a, there's a thread in
2: there about that, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. All right Jeff, there's hope. All right. As a Kickstarter backer, I have succeeded several times in convincing the wife my virtual hanger needs more virtual toys. (laughs) There is an Aurora LN, Merlin Avenger, Cutlass, and a Hornet Ghost. I am a support player and enjoy nothing more than true co op play. Yay! There you go. Yay for co op play. I especially enjoy the podcast, very good voice recording, and a lot less ums than others. Well, so thank you for that. Hey, I say um a lot. you well, now that you're he's not supposed at, to be
0: defending that point.
2: <laughs> no, oh, right, right, right. Now that he said that, you're going to be—we're all going to be self-conscious and uh, say a lot more ums. than mm-hmm. so
1: no, I, I wouldn't worry about it. I'm the worst offender of the ums. <laughs> you're the king of the ums. I, I hear it every week, and it makes me insane.
2: Uh, we have—we have—we have a title for this episode: King of the Ums.
1: Ah, great. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Looking forward to supporting you all in the verse soon. Well, welcome, Jeff. It's good to have you on board. Uh, One Corner joined us. He listens faithfully to the podcast and can only agree with Jimmy that Star Wars Galaxies was a crazy fun game before they messed it all up. <laughs> nice. And there are only three real Star Wars movies so far. So, so he says, so I apply to your org. <laughs> and you are, you are accepted, Perfect. sir. An LTI freelancer der and an LTI Avenger at your service. And he says, hi from Sweden, the land of the Vikings. Yay, Sweden, Vikings, yay. Um, and then my new favoritist name of the moment, Skindigler.
0: Oh, my. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that.
2: He uh, he was out in, uh, in game last night, and Avi Physics was saying, so what do we call you? <laughs> he said, can I, can I just call you Skin? And he says, yeah, I guess Skin will work. <laughs> but anyway it's a he's a very nice guy and, and is a, a very cool name so he says hello those guys who ships my name is skindigler i am ai am not going to get tired of this soon <laughs> you cannot I am,
0: sound cheerful saying that name it sounds too <laughs> terrifying
2: i i know i it's just i get you know images of mark Wahlberg in my head yeah uh i am a fairly new star citizen pledged back in April and kept up with development almost religiously ever since. I've, turn, I've tuned into the Those Guys with Ships podcast for the last 10 episodes or so and really enjoy listening to the show. With all the hype from CitizenCon and with the baby PU, Exoverse slash large world map coming soon, TM, I felt now was the best time to join an org. I enjoyed hearing about the org through the podcast and thought I'd buckle the bootstraps and sign up. In my hangar, I currently own an Aurora, MR, an Avenger, and a Vanguard Warden, and am looking to experience all aspects of the game. Can't wait to hear back from y'all and tell you more about me. Well, um, you know, welcome. Uh, it's good to have you on board. We had fun playing with you last night. Please come out again soon. Come out often. Come out early. Stay late. Absolutely. All right, and then speaking of the website, we had a couple of uh, people uh, join us over there this since uh, last week. And uh, uh, Ace, a friend of yours, Jopez Staggs, joined mm-hmm. us over there.
0: High school, and, uh, old high school buddy.
2: Cool. And then uh, Mr. Skindigler joined us over there as well. So uh, welcome, both of you. And so now to finish it all up, we have a, a couple of uh, emails uh, from uh, our friends over there at the... Uh, at the event. Uh, First from Umaroth, he says, Hey everyone, these are just some of my thoughts slash experiences on and at CitizenCon. This was my first games event of any kind and the atmosphere was great. For me, it started with meeting a member of the Lampist Org as we were about to get on a flight to go to Manchester. Both smiling like Muppets with excitement see that's not that nice yeah we talked about star citizen the ships we liked and have what we expected to see from the show etc we boarded sat on opposite ends of the plane and that was that arriving in manchester i went straight to the romper for the pre-drunk pilot event i was the first to arrive but could see the star citizen crowds gathering already i ended up talking to a couple of french backers who both had an impressive hangar full of ships they told me they were expecting a medium fighter in the one seventy five dollar region. <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, a little prescient there.
0: Talk about uh, prices
2: Right. <clears throat> yeah, not sure if this was mentioned before, and I had missed it. I don't think it was. I think um, I don't think uh, I think everybody was um, was uh, well anyway. So anyway, good guess, guys, uh, French backers. Then the lampist guy from the plane arrived, and I ended up having lunch and beers with some of them. None of the Those Guys With Ships gals or g- guys or gal had arrived yet. Um, I sat and chatted with the Lampus guys, again with impressive hangers and original backers to boot. After lunch, I went and found the Those Guys With Ships guys. Easy to spot in the awesomely logoed gear. Did you guys see on the Twitter the, uh, I think the logos? Yeah, oh, yeah, very I think we cool.
0: We have logo gear now.
2: Oh, that was so cool. Uh, we chatted and spoke to a few people about Versecast, hung around until the great uh, migration to the venue began. The Concord was awesome. Yeah, we hadn't mentioned that. I mean, what a what a great scene for the event to be like right underneath uh, the Concord there. Uh, it was... It, the Concord was awesome. Sadly, I didn't get a tour in it as only a few did who were randomly selected. And apparently Tabascoid was one of those. So that's very cool. Nice. Tabascoid, let us Lucky know guy. what the, the inside of that thing is like. Um, the stream, as you all saw, I'm sure was pretty awesome. The map... Uh, Squadron 42, ah, so amazing. We all got some swag bags and a poster. The cake, according to Whiskey Whiskey Cat, should not be eaten, so I stayed clear of that. (laughs) (laughs) The feeling in the room was an overall happy one. The map stole the show for me, even though the character list in Squadron 42 was pretty amazing. The end was a bit of a crazy Chris Roberts rush fest, with Hacksaw making it to Chris Roberts to get an autograph on his poster, as well as Sandy's. Gleep was present, yes I was, but surely remembers nothing, as the uh, hashtag those guys with ships will tell. All in all, a great experience, and real great fun to hang and talk with those guys with ships, who were as awesome as one would expect from those guys, and signed Umaroth, uh, also known as Andre. So. Thank you so much for uh, for sending us that. That is very cool. I mean, it sounds like it just was one of those sort of euphoric experiences where you just have all of these people that are so passionate about this thing that have never met, but they're all in one place, so they have this, like, really powerful thing in common. And, uh, you know, I think that that's... Um, those are, are, are very special events, you know, apart from just the um, from the content of the event itself. I mean, it's, it's just that when you have people that are... So on the same page about a thing. I mean, I think it it uh, it has its own energy. So
1: very very similar to, I guess, a sporting event. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Certain
1: camaraderie I, I, with with the same. You're on the same sports team.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think so, and and especially if it's um if it's um if you're um at an away game and you're in a large section of. I know, like, um, in, uh, in college, going, you know, traveling uh, to go to away games with a group of backers from the same school, there's that kind of, you know, that feeling of, you know, we're, we're you know, sort of here, you know.
0: I don't the... know you directly, but we have this common interest.
2: Exactly. Right. Thank you, Ace. Um, and then we got a message, I believe this was actually on the RSI, um, on, not RSI, on the, the Versecast uh, in the forums, but uh, a, a message from Whiskey Cat who said, I'm back and nearly recovered from CitizenCon. I have had some time to process the day. One thing that is most apparent to me is this, we seriously have the best org. I guess that is down to the only Jonto, Jackson, and Gleep, and ace, too. (laughs)
0: I'll just just hang on back here while you guys take all the credit. Okay.
2: Here, would you like some credit? I'd I'd love it. (laughs) Uh, They have seemingly brought together from the podcast and around the verse the very best. Many people came up to us to tell us that they are listeners and how cool and nice our org members and founders are. I want to give a shout-out to everyone from those guys with ships that I met at CitizenCon, Umaroth, Hacksaw, Tabascoid, and Duzo. Really made the event the evening great, just getting to sit and chat about the game over some drinks. We really do have the nicest, coolest org members. Anyways, thanks, guys, and thanks, Hacksaw, again, for the lift back to the airport. <laughs> that's awesome. Hope to see you guys at the next meet-up in the EU or in the Verse. So, um, I mean, that's... You know, that's what this is all about. That That's why, you know, way back when John and, and I and Caleb, uh, you know, started doing this was to um, to to hopefully create a community like this where, you know, we all had this thing that we were passionate about in common and we can get together and uh, talk about it and play it together and, um, you know, and and it, it is, um, it is uh, remarkable when you actually get to put some faces to names and, you know, reach out and shake a chick a guy's hand you know it's 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 very very cool so thank you very much everybody for um for all the kind words and and uh for all the feedback and uh, um we we uh we hope it continues so we're gonna we're gonna do our part so there you have it good stuff good Woo. stuff um so all right um so we already have the uh, the only online community we'll ever need <laughs> Agreed.
1: <laughs> That's right. Who, uh, who, who powers that community, Jimmy? Uh, Engine powers that community. So uh, go to engine.com for all your site hosting needs. All right. Support Ronald Jenkins. <laughs> Check him out
2: at www.ronaldjenkes.com. Support Star Citizen, the base radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com. Have they, Jimmy? Are they talking about getting an app? An app would be awesome. There is an app, actually. Um, I'd use
1: it. Yeah, I use it all the time. It's um, what is it? Hold on a second. I know this makes for great radio. Uh, It is uh, Tune In Radio on on at least on my iPhone. It's uh, so Tune In is one word. Tune In Radio. Uh, It's a free app. And then uh, just type into the search window uh, the base, and that will pull it up. And I listen to it all the time. I listen to the base driving in uh, to work in the morning because they've got really cool ambi- uh, ambient stuff that they play.
0: Oh, Indeed. okay. All right, we'll cool. Listen, pick it up and listen to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I, I just I don't I don't listen to stuff in front of the computer too often, you know. So yeah, it, totally. If it was on my phone, that'd be great. All right. Um, where, um, at radio.starcitizenbase.com, where you can find a rebroadcast of the previous week's verse cast every Saturday afternoon. So thank you guys for that. Um, I am Muad Gleep. Check the show notes for all of my contact details.
1: Jimmy? I am Jimmy Croker. You can uh, find me uh, on Twitter at Jimmy Croker can find me uh, over every Thursday night at the base doing my show, Quantum Drive, which is uh, music and lore mixed together. And uh, you can email me, please. Email me at uh, jimmy at firstcast.org. Uh, right. And, and uh, uh, I'm,
0: I'm John Abraham, also known as Jonto. You can mm, find me Space at much King everything. Yeah, that's J, j- like... Uh, like, like uh, j- Jonto like Tonto. Tonto, yes, I like Tonto. Uh, you can find me as pretty much everything, uh, as uh, the only jonto. Oh, and I'm Ace Azamine. Uh, you can find me as Ace Azamine on uh, um, Robert Space Industries, and my in-game handle is X-Wing Jockey, and then uh, Steam as D-I-L-A-N-D-A-U-8-7, and my email address is AceAzamine87 at gmail.com.
1: You can reach the podcast by... Oh, J- Jimmy, Jimmy, let, let John read it. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Go and read that. Uh,
0: you can reach the podcast at uh, comms at org. That is our, our uh, spot for emails. Uh, on Steam, those guys with ships at Versecast. And on Twitter, at Versecast, when tweeting cool SC stuff, please be used, uh, please use the hashtag TGWSR. Star Citizen Organization is uh, com slash orgs slash Versecast. Um please be sure to check out the uh, community webpage at uh, firstcast.org and you know come and say hello and uh, don't be afraid to review us on iTunes. Uh, send us an email about it. let us know. We'll uh, give you a shout out on the podcast.
2: All right, very good. Well, until next time then we are those guys with ships and this has been
1: our community podcast. See you guys. bye I'm bye. I am so happy you're back, but holy cow, that was a lot of notes.
2: <laughs> we didn't even are we, are we cool. done recording now?
1: We didn't even scratch the
0: surface of the notes. Are, 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 are we done recording? Can I stop now? <laughs> no, no, you rule. can't rule. stop. Tell you when to stop, sir. Oh, oh, oh okay, I see. Oh.